This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. I'm Chip Patterson and just so thrilled today to have Mark Immelman back on the show. Mark, uh, of course, you can see him on CBS Sports. You can see him on CBS Sports HQ all over the place. Terrific golf analysis uh, for us here. You have been on this podcast already, but you were on it with Kyle Porter. So I thank you for spending some time with me as well. Uh, well, you know, we, we've got to up the ante a little bit, you know, Kyle. Sometimes we include him. No, I, look, all, all joking aside, it's good to be with you guys. It's a fantastic show, and it's it's cool for me just to be a part of it because golf is really exciting the, at this stage of the game. Does it get any more exciting than a 20-year-old who potentially, you know, comes not only comes with so much excitement about what he could be as a bright young star, but when we're looking at Matthew Wolf, like, do you are you able to balance both the excitement for the now, but also the thoughts in your mind about what the future might look like for that young star? Well, that's a really good question, Chip. And I tell you what, when you watch Matthew Wolf play, I'll get to that in a minute. But it harkens back to when Tiger Woods arrived on the scene. You know, yeah, was this guy also fresh faced, all sorts of game, very poised, very mature, and a high golf IQ. And and you knew this guy was a superstar. And then it was just. It wasn't if he was going to win, it's when he was going to win. And uh, he has Matt Wolf, who wins quicker than Tiger Woods did on the tour, or earlier, I should say, a few attempts. And and so it, it's we have to be very, very careful because you've got to be so good to win on the PGA Tour and in the world's game. And look, Matthew Wolf is special. He, he's got all of the tools and... And he's magnetic, I would say. You know, there's there's a few golfers, and for me as a golf instructor, when I walk the range and when I watch people play, that I will turn my head. There's a handful, I would say. McElroy's one, Tiger's one, Phil's one. You know, back in the day, VJ and Ernie were certainly Greg Norman. But Matthew Wolf does that. You know, not just because of the idiosyncratic golf swing. Sure. Just, just the sound of the way the golf ball is hit and, and, and the personality. He's... He, He's in a way for a 20-year-old larger than life, and and he smacks of a young Greg Norman or a Tiger Woods, and and uh, look, the guy's got his own posse already. The the Wolf Pack they showed up on mass last <laughs> week, and folks were shouting and screaming and hooting and hollering, and 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 so your question is well founded. Um, I'm excited. I know the world of golf's excited. I'm sure the Matt Wolf camp is excited, but we've just got to uh, pump the brakes a little right. bit. Just, <laughs> Just let him continue to do what he's doing. And, and and I'm convinced if he does just that and if he keeps his nose to the grindstone, he, he, he could put together one of those type of careers. 
It is career changing when you're able to get that win early and guarantee your place on the PGA Tour through at least uh, 2021. And that that really becomes the challenge now for uh, his old Oklahoma State teammate, Victor Hovland, for Colin Marikawa, who was his playing partner in the final group and and had his own chance on the 18th green uh, to try and force a playoff or make himself in contention to win. How you know is this is this a young trio that uh, stands out beyond what we've seen because every time someone goes from uh, dominating at the NCAA or at the amateur level and they come pro, there's always excitement around the debut, but there's a lot of real work that that player has to put in to be able to remain on the PGA Tour. And they've got to win and they've got to get high finishes. You know, what are the expectations for uh, Hovland and Marikawa as well? Well, you know, I think back just a few years, and of course, back in the day when I was growing up, we had the big three, you know, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, and, yeah. and they will forever be the big three. But then if you think back just a few years ago, we had the big four. It was Ricky and Jordan and Rory, and and, and we were like, whoa, th- this could be it. Um, and then, you know, guys, they all had success in their own right, but that thing, I wouldn't say it fizzled, but it certainly didn't become a thing anymore when you started having players, you know, come out from all corners of the world, really. But now you've got three guys who are of the same age. They basically played against each other in college the entire time. And they've got all the makings to be another big three. And and I know it's early. This, I know this is an early call by, right. by me. But you've got three guys just like Nicholas Palmer and Player who were different builds, different personalities, um, different games, different styles, come from different sort of cultural backgrounds, and they, they made for some must-see television. And i got to tell you, last week at the 3M Open, I was part of it, and it was must-see TV being there. And, and me being, I wouldn't say a grizzled veteran, I've been in golf for a long time, but I, I was absolutely enthralled by the way they're playing. And so I think the future's really bright, and for Marikawa, He's got all of the tools. He's very poised. He had a prolific college career. Uh, and so he's got all everything he needs. It's the same thing with Victor Hovland, who's had a really sound start to his pro career. And, you know, but for a bulky putter, he might have had a victory already. He had that fantastic fourth at the U.S. Open. Um, so these guys are poised. They are talented. They are got a really high golf IQ. Um, so it's going to be fun to see. And I'm keen to see if these three sort of take on that big three mantle because we'll call them the little three for the while. I, sure. I, think, there's, I think there's every chance that this could this, this, this could be a thing down the road. When uh, in, in your work as an instructor, what have you noticed in terms of the changing trends that might be embraced by this group of young stars and, and how far do you think that trickle down effect might go? Well, I've always been a big one chip for being true to who one is. Um, I grew up as a player in the, you know, the sort of early eighties, late seventies. Um, and then when I started teaching golf in the nineties, we were the video camera era. Right. And at that stage we had, Ernie Els and we had Nick Faldo and we had Greg Norman and these great swingers of a club and you'd get some footage of them and then compare people to these guys. And then of course, Tiger Woods came along and players modeled their technique on Tiger and Ernie and stuff. So with the modern day player here, with the advent of all this other technology, they are being unshackled, if you will, and they're able to be true to what they're able to do and they're not trying to fit themselves 
into a different persona or a different t- style of swinging. So it's not like putting a square peg in a round hole, if you will. So, so these kids and these young men and these men and women from all over the globe uh, have got, you know, very accurate information that they're getting. Um, they're coming out ready to play. They're coming out being true to who they are. They understand how to play the game. They understand their individual swings and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And, and if you look at them, as a business, which is what a professional golfer is, sure, their SWOT analysis is is very appropriate. They stick to their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They understand where the threats are, and and they just navigate their way very well. And and so, I, I think we we we're in an era now where you're going to see more and more of these young stars coming out, more accomplished, more ready to go, and. And less of this, well, I've got to spend my apprenticeship time learning how to win on the PGA Tour before before I get my turn. As we look ahead to the John Deere this weekend, are you expecting any of those three to, to be in the mix to contend? And if so, or if not, uh, who are some of the names that you're expecting to see as we hit here with the last PGA Tour event before the Open Championship? I have no doubt that the three will be a part of the storyline. Um Look, PGA Tour Live, they, they, they show feature group coverage Thursday and Friday. I guarantee you that Matt Wolf is going to be in there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Hovland is in one of the groups too, those feature groups. So you'd expect they're going to grab the lion's share of the, of the attention. Um, I, I feel like the golf, well, the golf course, TPC Deer Run, it really likes a ball that moves from left to right. I would say the, 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 the majority of the holes shift in that direction. And if you can drive the ball along and just peel it, you know, to the right-hand side, it gives you the leg up. But in the end, it's a birdie fest. And every year, we saw Michael Kim just go nuts last year at the place. Um, we, uh, every year, you just see folks making all sorts of birdies. So if, if any one of those three can make their share of putts, uh, think of a Marikawa, um, then they're likely to be part of the storyline. But the story goes that if you, 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 it used to be, it used to be the Steve Stricker open really because he was three in a row. Um, nowadays it's Zach Johnson. So if you stay in front of Zach Johnson at TPC Deer Run, you're going to be in, in a pretty good position. So I'd keep my eye on those three youngsters. And me personally, I, I, I'm still trying to separate them all. Even though Matt Wolf grabbed all the headlines last week, I, I have a feeling Hovland will follow his uh, college teammates' lead because this is what they did for the last few years. And I feel like he'll say, look, he's done it. It's my chance now, so let me go ahead and grab it. Victor Hovland is the betting favorite at the John Deere Classic. I hadn't looked at I'm a part of a one-and-done league, and, and I'm wrestling with this right now. And 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 I had Hovland penciled in. I, I'll be honest, I had Keith Mitchell lined up. Hey, at, not a bad a pick. Sense- yeah, he's had a sensational season, played well there last year. Um, he was solid last week, and so I was like, well, Keith's a good idea, and he's playing, in my opinion, with house money this year after the victory done at the Honda Classic. Sure. But, but after the last week, I'm like, no, man, I've got to jump on the train here. The Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the youth movement looking, I've got the, uh, the odds from the Westgate pulled up right now. Victor Hovland at one, Colin Marikawa, Joaquin Neiman, and Sung J.M. after him, Matthew Wolf there with the big pack at 25 to 1. I mean, mm. this is these these are young stars that here are going to be front and center in a birdie fest. I mean, I, I don't know what more you could ask for in terms of weekend viewing. Well, they're going to be all sorts of eyes on the the, the John Deere. And, and the cool thing about it, too, you, you referenced those names. Joaquin Neiman, he is still a puppy. 
Sung J M. What he's he's what is he twenty one? I think he might he might even be twenty. He's a youngster as well. So you've got all these kids showing up, and they're going to be all manner of eyeballs on this event on the weekend. And I think it's great for just an awesome event in a great place around a good golf course with fantastic fans in the Quad Cities there. And it's long been a fixture on the PGA Tour, and I'm just really jacked that you know there's going to be so much attention because you know there's going to be with 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 especially matt wolf at the forefront of things now i would suggest and and matt wolf is i don't know how these things go in terms of you know where you have to be to qualify as a rookie but i would suggest that right now sung jm probably is the leader of the pack in the rookie of the year race Oh, absolutely. He's had such a tremendous season so far, and he's a heck of a player. And, you know, the thing about Sungjae, um, he just flies underneath the radar. And so he's it's an easier job, if you will. There's less media that he's got to contend with where, you know, with, with Hovland especially, but now Matt Wolf, I would say, is the big deal. Every media person in the place is going to be pulling him aside and asking for time. So he's going to have to manage all of that stuff, which is the challenge for the superstar. And he's le- his legend is growing already, of that we all know. So I think for Sung JM, you know, he's he's tremendous. He's got an all-around game. He doesn't have the power that a Hovland or a Wolf have. He's a player cut more from the Cole and Marikawa sort of a cloth. So he's going to have to get a situation where – it's receptive the golf course, so he can hit some long irons in there, and they'll stick at their number, and and then in the end he's going to have to make some putts. But you know, when it's all said and done, you've seen it in the PGA Tour now. The guys who have the power off the tee that can put it in play: um, Dustin Johnson, McIlroy, um, Matthew Wolf, uh, Victor Hovland, the sort of crowd. You know, they've got the advantage. So Sung JM, yes, but. If 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 Wolf has another victory and he gets in the playoffs and does something special, or if Hovland has a victory now and gets in the playoff and does something special, who knows? I mean, there's still a lot of it doesn't feel like it, but there's a lot of golf left until the end of August. John Rom, Rory McIlroy, and early thoughts about the Open Championship right after this. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, uh, as you know, you were working, but I assume that you had your eyes on Lahinch. And what was a, a, a packed, or at least some interest in what was going on uh, out at the Irish Open? A packed leaderboard. Um, RC Rafa Cabrera Bayo looks like he's going to walk away with it. He's got a three to four stroke lead up at the ninth tee. Then he has a couple bogeys in a row and a couple of games. Yes, yeah, so you like my European tour term there? A couple of games ahead. There's John Rahm doing what I've I, I described uh, before as just some real big boy stuff, putting the pedal to the metal, uh, score after score after score, a 62 with two bogeys uh, to be able to claim that win. As, as we start to advance the conversation and look towards the Open Championship, it is, uh, it is a conversation that I think John Rahm definitely deserves to be a part of when we're talking about the favorites because of how much he loves Lynx Golf and his performance at Lynx Golf. Oh, absolutely. Uh, John Rahm, 
um, on Sunday was doing John Rahm things and he came out, he was a part of the storyline because he had won before and he's got a real affinity to Lynx golf. Um, and, and then it got off to an okay start, but then just turned up the gas and, and being out in front, the sort of persona that he is, I feel like what he was doing got on the leaderboards and I'm sure there was a buzz around the place. Um, and so he almost impo- imposed his will on the final group. And, and so Rafa wasn't able to convert. Ram certainly, certainly, certainly is a favorite as we head into the Open Championship. He's he's one of those major champions in waiting. But the thing about those are is there's only four of them a year and things have got to go your way and you've got to be playing well. The thing he's got going for him right now is he's playing well, the form is there. So that's the physical out of the way. But now you've got to meet the emotional and the mental challenges and those are sometimes the biggest. And for Ram, it's... He, has meant, he mentioned to me sort of late last year, it was an element of the game that he was working on to try and be less um, less friction about him, I guess, because he can get hot around the collar pretty quick. And so he's been working on the attitude. So if that all that's all there and he can manage the rough and the smooth, because the thing about Lynx Golf is you can hit a good shot and that ball can bumble and bound and end up in the most horrid of spots. And so if he's able to get by that stuff and remain patient, I know it's a cliche, and, and just do what he does, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he hoists the Claret Jug at week's end. I think the good news for Ram is what he just proved to himself at the Irish Open because he was a part of the story, but not really. He was a long ways back. And then, you know, golf is a four-round deal and he gets hot when it means something and they give out trophies and sign checks on the weekend and he did the right thing. So I think that really might give a real injection to the confidence. So you feel like John Rahm will be a part of the story. Do you have a sense that uh, he has turned a corner or he has made that mental progress? Because you know, he mentioned he had those comments to you. Uh, he's He has spoken about the effort that he's putting into it. I, you know, everyone has their own, their own methods uh, to being able to, to calm down what's going on between your ears on the golf course. Everyone's going to have uh, a slightly different process, but in terms of the way he's carried himself and what you've seen on the golf course recently, do you think that he has uh, turned a corner or made significant progress there? I certainly do. Um, and, and look, golf, I don't care. You could be a pa- the patron saint of patience and golf is going to get to you somehow. Sure. You know, certain folks just might not show it. But, you know, Ram is mercurial. He's got that sort of Spanish flair about him and he's going to let you know if he's angry. So, so there's less of the club tossing and that sort of thing going on. Um, you can see he gets a little red around the cheeks at times, which was normal. But he is dealing with it better. So I think he's going in the right direction. Um, it'll it'll constantly be a work in progress because sure. uh, the, this is the kind of thing that you never really completely have. So I feel like he's in the right direction. And, and, and the more he gets himself in this mindset to say, well, you know, it's just one shot and it's one of 260 plus, you know, in a four-round tournament – if you think about it in those terms, it's minuscule. Now, you don't want to be doing that coming down the stretch. So I think he's on the way, and and, and I think he's making good strides. We are all a work in progress. I think <laughs> we can all admit that. Uh, as we look at, you know, Rory McIlroy will, has already spoken about how much this Open Championship being at Royal Portrush uh, means to him and, and his excitement and his emotions around that. He has the course record with his 61, uh, a round that was a bit of a coming out party for him. And, 
you know, not to, there's the the personal side of this with his connection to the course, his connection uh, to Northern Ireland, but then there's also looking at what I would call a, a bit of an incomplete profile for this season because in one sense he has put together the player of the year season but you've got Brooks Kepka too and so I, I you know I wonder does Rory McIlroy with all of his top tens with all of his high finishes with strokes gain stats that are off the charts does he need a major championship win to be able to walk away from the 2019 season and feel like it was a success that's a really good question. My response to that is coming on the heels of what Rory said to all and sundry. Um, he, he mentioned it to me earlier this year where he's using his three P's. I think it was perspective, poise, and um, perseverance or patience. I, there, there were a number of P's that he was using. So McElroy was getting to a place where um, he was trying not to let golf define who he was because it happens so easily, especially when – you're that good, you're a virtuoso, you're a generational talent, and the expectations from all and sundry, not just himself, are very high. And so every time he plays and he doesn't win, it's like Tiger Woods syndrome. Right. You know, questions get asked. So I think if Rory honestly is true to what he's been saying, the year is a success. I mean, he's won the players, he won the Canadian Open, finished second at the WGC Mexico tournament. And I was looking through the numbers I don't know how many starts it's been in the year in 2019, but you know he's only finished outside the top 10 twice. Right. He, he's, of, he's only got one missed cut, only one finish outside the top 10, and everything else is top 10s or wins. So he's been fantastically consistent, which I feel like in years gone by was perhaps the knock on McElroy because he, he plays the game with a, a glorious abandon. Uh, you know, the, he, he stands up like Wolf and he hits a driver. You know, he's that guy. He's like Phil Mickelson. You know, whereas I think in years past, if he had adopted more of a Nicholas Tiger Woods type approach, he might have had one or two more majors. But that's not how Rory plays. And so he's been true to himself. And this year, it's been a very consistent campaign. If you look just at the numbers. Now, has he finished off some of the majors? No. But I would say there have been very few instances where – He's kind of spilled it or has coughed it up. What he has done is he's identified the weakness. You know, the weakness was the putting and the wedge. The putting definitely has improved. He's changed the golf ball to to reduce, uh, to, to improve the spin on the wedges, and he's gotten better at that number. So he's just looking at the thing in a very poised manner and going, strength, weakness, strength, weakness, and he's touching on all of them. So I think right now McElroy is, is, is primed for a good finish. Everyone's expecting it. But to your question – I don't know. I, I, the, all of us think he should have won a major, if not more, and more tournaments. Rory, I'm sure, thinks so. But I think Rory, if he's true to what he's saying to all of us, he's pretty cool with where things are. Because it has been uh, five years since his last major win, and because there have been moments at times, you know, I think to um, you know, being there with Patrick Reed at Augusta a couple years ago, because there have been moments where we've seen him in contention it's built what I believe is a narrative that has been disproven by the production. But even, you know, and all the respect in the world to Jack Nicholas, one of the greatest of all time. I remember at the memorial at the press conference leading into the event, 
he he's just sort of casually offhanded said, yeah, and Rory's had some struggles this year. And it's Rory has not struggled. It's just that the expectations on him at Augusta, the expectations on him at the PGA Championship are just so massive. And that bar is so high that the fact that he's not winning is creating a narrative that is not at all representative of his current form on the golf course. Well, you know, if we had to fast forward how many years until McElroy's retired, He's put together a Hall of Fame resume. Yes. He is going into the Hall of Fame. And if you look at the list of uh, of number of major championships won, I actually glanced at it the other day, and I don't have it on hand right now, but he's got four. You know, one more, and he's in a category with a bunch of legends. When you get to six, it's Seve, it's Feldo. It, it, it's, it, it's the real glitterati, the elite of the game, which McElroy is really there. But even the legends, like Arnold Palmer didn't complete the career Grand Slam. Phil Mickelson, for all intents and purposes, unless a lightning strike happens, looks like he's not going to complete the career Grand Slam. Um, and so it's Rory needs the one. Jordan Spieth needs the one. He, he might go through it and not finish the thing off. But in the end, it's been a Hall of Fame career already. And you know what? He's only 30. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, thanks for remind. Yes, I think we need to be reminded from time to time, you know, even with the, a Rory McIlroy, a Brooks Kepka, and going even younger, a Jordan Spieth, that we are talking about uh, truly elite golf talents with at, at least a decade, if not more, left to go out there and try and accomplish more. So, yeah, so, so to that, that's the, the point I always make to all the golfers being related to a major champion is that there's only four of these things a year and uh, they are really hard to win and things got to go your way. And so Rory, let's say, well, I'm sure you'll play beyond 40, but let's just say he plays to 40 years old. He's got another 40 chances. He's got another 10 chances at Augusta national odds are in his favor. Who knows where it might end up. So I think it's too early to, to prognosticate, but back to the observation at hand, I think he's doing just what he needs to do right now. Hmm. Mark Immelman, uh, this has been a pleasure. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. You can see him on CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. Mark, thank you very much. Uh, My pleasure, Chip. Take care, bro.